Welcome to the Word of Life podcast, a ministry of Word of Life Church, located in Lesueur, Minnesota. From sermon audio to midweek content and much more, we hope you are blessed by what you hear. For more information or to donate, please visit wordoflifemn.com. Now, enjoy this week's episode. My mic is live, but I need to touch base with you sometime about an uh, email that you sent about just about prayer and a, pr- a prayer gathering and stuff like that. I'd really like to do that. Okay? Let's do that soon. Cool. Good morning. Good morning. All right, now you can grab a seat. That's cool. Um, for everybody who's joining us on our online campus, I hope you had a I, I hope you had a great time, you know, greeting each other wherever you are. Um, and, and for everybody who's on our online campus, again, I know that we're experiencing a couple of little technical issues with just with the lyrics and stuff like that. Don't worry. Uh, everything else, the streaming and stuff like that, is still working. And so uh, we are working on it. We just didn't update. And guess what? We're not sure if the update worked or not. So you tell us. And we'll, we'll figure it out. So welcome to everybody on our online campus. Welcome to everybody at the Lesur campus. Uh, uh, we just had a great time worshiping over at the New Prey campus. And uh, we've just, just been a lot of fun. A couple of new families sh- showing up just today. And that's, uh, that's been a real treat for us just to meet, meet new people and have an opportunity to share the gospel with, uh, you know, with some new, t- new people along the way. We are in our series called... We are the church, and as we discuss we are the church, uh, we're going to take just a minute, and we're going to pray for my friend Dave. Uh, Dave right now, or, or this morning, is in Henderson, and um, uh, Henderson's got a, you know, a, a little worship service hap- happening today, and, and he is um, he's sharing um, his story about God's work in his life. And, uh, and he's really been looking forward to it. He's a part of our, uh, our small group in, in New Prague called the Gospel Primer this summer. And, he, and he's really just been looking forward to this opportunity. They asked him to, to just share a little bit about what God has been doing in his life. And so he's there and he's got a few, uh, few friends from, uh, from Word of Life who are there supporting him as well. And so we're just really excited. We're going to pray for Dave today. Lord God, Thank you for making us a part of your church. It's not because of what we've done, but because of what you've done for us. And we just want to thank you and praise you for the work that you're doing in Dave's life. Thank you for using him as your mouthpiece today to share about your story of your work in Dave's life and how you've been bringing him to yourself and how you're using him to, to share your good news of forgiveness. And so we thank you, we praise you, we ask you to be with him, I ask you to be with those who are gathered today. That you would open ears and hearts. That you give them eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart that receives. 
And you have this, Lord, and we trust you. It's in your name we pray, Lord Jesus, our Savior. Amen. We are the church. Uh, we are, and, and, and I think that that's, that is like, that's part of our identity. And so if you're, if you're part of, of Word of Life Church, then, you know, then, then the chances are that you, you're on the way of, of being a part of the church. And, and we are the church happens as we are believing in Jesus Christ. And the hard part comes in that we don't always see ourselves that way. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of messages headed our way from all sorts of different sources about who we are and who people think we are. If you were to stop and just pause and not shout it out because it could get kind of awkward about what people say about you or who they say you are, you might have some really interesting answers. Uh, there's some people in my family who have, um, who have for a really long time... Um, told my brother this exact phrase, you are just like your Uncle John. I don't know if you've ever heard something like that from maybe a family member or something along those lines that they've said, you're just like this, or you're just like this person. And I say, most of the time I'd say, that's just not true. You know, my, my brother has maybe the, the same size shoulders as my, my Uncle John, uh, but certainly not some of his habits. You are who God is making you to be. And by grace through faith, he makes you a part of this church. But we have all sorts of messages headed our way about what people think we are. And some people say that, you know, like that first impressions are everything. But actually, first impressions, you know... <laughs> are often really wrong. Kids, you'll be walking down the hall at school if you're, if you're attending a, you know, a school with hallways, and, 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 you, and as you walk down those, the halls at school, people are going to make judgment calls about you. They're going to say something about your identity or something about the way you're dressed, the way your hair is, the way your glasses are, the way, anyways. Um, and they're going to make some statement about who you are or who they think you are. How often is that not true? Maybe it happens at work, where you go to the office and, and everybody sees you at work and they see you as one way, and so they make this statement that when they see you at work, that they know who you are. But is that true? Or maybe it's when a little closer to home, when you look in the mirror, you often say some things about who you are. And some of the messages that we say to ourselves are not even true. I don't know how many times we, you know, I've talked to somebody who has made up a truth about themselves that God says. That's not true. And so if we think about like all of these messages about who people think we are, I want to encourage you that your identity 
that our identity, not just as individuals, but also as the church, isn't based on some kid in the hallway's opinion. It's not based on <coughs> you know, my grandparents' opinion of, you know, of what I look like. It's not based upon even what I've said necessarily about myself. But our identity is firmly founded on Jesus Christ and what he says about us. Amen. I'll say it again. Our identity is firmly founded on Jesus Christ and what he says about us. Today we get to listen in on a little conversation between uh, Jesus and Peter, uh, Jesus and all the disciples first, and then you know directly with Peter. And I love hearing what what uh, what Peter has to say. Peter Peter's got a great nickname. Peter's nickname is The Rock, and it was given to him by Jesus. I love a good nickname. I love giving nicknames to other people. They don't always like the nicknames that I give them. Awkward. But, you know, again, these are the things. Identity, right? And so, uh, as we listen in on this conversation, it's an opportunity for us to hear what everybody thought about Jesus. We get to listen in on what everybody thought about Jesus and how that impacts our identity as ourselves, as well as the church. If you have your Bibles with you today, you can turn with me to Matthew 16, verse 13. Language is so interesting. I just noticed this today. If you don't have your Bibles or if you don't have it on your phone, uh, A, I encourage you, get a Bible on your phone. If you don't have a Bible on your phone, please do. We usually use the, uh, the ESV translation. If you need help picking out a for your phone, please don't hesitate. Call me. I'll help out. It's great to have one on hand. But I was thinking about language, and I was like, every Sunday, I'm like, you know, have your Bibles with you, turn with me. And I can't remember the last time I actually held a paper Bible and turned pages. <laughs> but it's the way that like, language gets stuck in my head. And so if you have your Bibles on your phones, you can scroll with me to Matthew chapter 16, starting in verse 13 or it'll be right up here, reading in Jesus' name because it's God's word, not mine. Now, when Jesus came to the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? See, another nickname, except that's the nickname that Jesus gives for himself. Jesus is asking his disciples, hey, who do people say that I am? Verse 14, and they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. Here ends the reading of God's word. Who do people say that the Son of Man is? It's, it's Jesus' little nickname for himself. He gets it straight from, 
from Elijah. Uh, and and so as, he's, as he's asking the disciples, who, who do people say that I am? The first answer is just absolutely ludicrous. Some people think that you're John the Baptist. Well, that's, that's not anywhere close to being even true or possible. You know, first of all, Jesus... Yes, they both had miraculous births, but, you know, but John the Baptist is, you know, is a man, fully man, and Jesus is the son of God, and so that's kind of a little bit of a difference. You know, not only that, but they used to, they're in the same family, they used to hang out together, they were seen together on multiple occasions. It's just not possible for Jesus to be the person who was standing next to him. Not possible. But some people still believe that. They say, no, 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 he is, he's John the Baptist, and other people are like, no, I saw them both together at the river. That doesn't make any sense. Other people said that he must be Elijah. You see, according to Jewish tradition, Elijah had to come before the Savior. He had to come to prepare the way. And so, matter of fact, even to this day, there is a Jewish tradition waiting for Elijah to come back. And so a lot of Jewish people at the time of the Passover, when they're kind of like, you know, setting out the table and they've got all the placemats out and they're going to put out the Seder meal and, you know, and, and stuff like that, they leave one chair empty. Can you imagine leaving an empty chair at your Thanksgiving, you know, celebration? There is no way that would work. But at, at every Jewish household, almost every Jewish household, they leave an empty chair for Elijah, like just in case he comes and decides to join, you know, somebody's Seder meal or Passover meal. Is, is Jesus Elijah? No, no, he's not. Is he Jeremiah or one of the other prophets? No. You see, a prophet is someone who's chosen by God to speak God's words to God's people. That's what a prophet is. Is Jesus a prophet? Oh, no. Jesus is so much more than a prophet. And Jesus then boldly asks his disciples, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And, and Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. You are the Christ. That's the Greek translation of the word for anointed one or savior. That would be a, a translation of the Hebrew word Messiah. Okay, this is, he is the one, the one who had been promised, the one who had been promised, they've been looking forward to since the very beginning. You are the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, the Savior, the Son of the living God. Peter, right there, knows, believes that he is not just looking at another dude. That as Peter is looking at Jesus Christ, he is looking at the very Son of God. Whoa. And Jesus says, yeah, you got it. Right answer. That's it. Matter of fact, this wasn't just like revealed to you from like some other guy. It's not like, you know, like Andrew and Peter were like hanging out over in the corner and they were like talking about it. No, 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 no. Faith in Jesus Christ, that he is the savior, that he is the son of the living God is a gift from God the father. That's what Jesus says. So Jesus, when he says, blessed are you, first of all, hey, he's blessed by God. 
Simon Barjona, which is his given name, which just means his first name would have been Simon. Bar means son of, and then, you know, apparently his dad's name was Jonah. Uh, and so, you know, the, he said, blessed are you, he uses his full name. He uses his full name in a good way, not in a bad way. Some of you might be accustomed to hearing your full name and thinking, oh, I'm in trouble. When Jesus is using Simon's full name, Oh, this is really good. Simon Barjona, you are blessed. Because you didn't, for flesh and blood, some other person has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven, and I tell you, Peter, he re, he, now is, so you got both sides. You got his full name given, and now you've got his, his Jesus-given nickname. Man, I hope Jesus gives me a nickname in heaven. Um, <laughs> Jesus-given nickname. He says, Peter, on this rock, I will build my church. Now, some have mistakenly, you know, mistranslated this or misinterpreted this to mean that the, that the church is being built on Peter, that Peter as like the rock is going to like somehow like shoulder the whole church on his shoulders. I get it. He's got a cool nickname, but Peter isn't, you know, like the, exactly the most firm foundation all the time. I don't think Jesus is talking about like, hey, on you, Peter, I'm going to build the church. Peter is very rock-like in sometimes. Sometimes he is um, a little dense, you know, and so he could be a little, you know, hard to move like a rock, even mentally. He, uh, he you know, he can walk on water sometimes, and then, um, you, you know, when he sees Jesus, and then he sinks like a rock when he takes his eyes off of Jesus. He can, uh, he can sleep like a rock, just totally crash it out when he's supposed to be awake praying with Jesus. There's a lot of rock-like qualities for, G for Peter, but I don't think the kind of rock-like qualities that, we, that Jesus wants to build his church on. No, what Jesus is talking about when he says, on this I will build my church, he is talking about Peter's confession. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Faith in who Jesus is, in his identity, that he is the Savior, that he is the Son of the living God, is the very foundation of who we are as the church. We are the church as we believe and confess that Jesus is the Christ, the Savior, the Anointed One the Messiah. We are the church when we believe that Jesus is the Savior, the Son of the living God. And that is what makes us part of the church. That is what the church is founded on. And are you believing? I, you know, I could ask you right along with, as, as Jesus asked the other disciples, who do you say that Jesus is? Are you believing that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? If you are believing that, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, then we are the church. And that is the confession that the church is built on. That's the confession. And then, and then Jesus goes just a little bit further. And he says, not just that... The Father, first of all, it's a gift. It's not like a little, you know, 
It's not like a little transaction, but it's literally a gift. The fact that you're believing in Jesus is a gift from God. That faith that you're using to believe was a gift from God, from the Father. And then he says, and I tell you, Peter, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We are the church. Who wants to storm the gates of hell? Amen. Amen. We are the church and the, the very gates of hell cannot stand against who the church is and what they stand on, this confession. And so as we share with one another that who Jesus is and that there is forgiveness in his name, we are literally going right up against the gates of hell. The gates of hell, it's, it said, will, shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Those are really important. Please don't lose those. Bad keys to lose. I don't know if you're one to like lose keys or anything like that. Like misplace them. Keys to heaven, not something you can lose, you lose those. And here's how, how, here's how it works. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. There's a, um, if, if you check out with me John 20 verse 23, this verse helps to explain what that what what he what Jesus is saying this is also Jesus speaking it's recorded in John if you forgive the sins of any they are forgiven them if you withhold forgiveness from any it is withheld yikes this is some pretty heavy stuff so as the church we've been given, we've been given this huge privilege we've been given this huge privilege to proclaim you are forgiven. Not because of what you've done, not because you came to church today, not because of what your, you know, your grandpa or your classmate or even yourself says about you, but because of what Christ has done for us. And so when, as we believe and as we confess that, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, he gives us this wonderful opportunity to proclaim forgiveness by grace through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And that, as we are proclaiming that message from person to person to person, that's the message that literally is shaking the gates of hell. Yes, as people are receiving that truth and they're making that confession, you are literally dragging people from out of the gates of hell, by grace, through faith. That's, it's not our job. I'm not the Savior, but I'll tell you one thing. We do have this wonderful privilege that we get to tell people you are forgiven by grace, through faith, in Jesus Christ. That as we are confessing, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, we get to proclaim it to everybody. And there are people right here, right now, who are believing in Jesus Christ. Some, some are believing for like, are very early in their faith journey. And they're saying, oh, I'm just, I just find myself believing this. Others have been believing this for a long time. 
I was just, I was just talking to somebody just a couple of weeks ago, and they are a brand new believer in Jesus Christ. They walked in and into my office and an agnostic, and and they walked out believing in Jesus. They sat there, and as they were hearing God's word, and I asked them, "Are you believing?" And he said, "I am believing." that happened? I said, well, that's faith. He's like, where'd that come from? It came from God. He's like, he starts talking and all of a sudden his language started changing. He started talking. He was talking. He's like talking about God that he now believes in. And now all of a sudden he stopped and he's like, where'd that come from? I said, it came from faith. He's like, What? He's like, I'm feeling lighter. How did that happen? I said, that's called forgiveness. It happens through faith. As you're believing it, not just faith in anything, but faith in Jesus Christ who takes away the sins of the world. And he's blown away. He doesn't even know what to make of it. And as he's on his way out the door, I, uh, I tell him, I said, okay, who are you going to tell? He's like, What? I said, even as you share your story with me, there are other people who have been, you know, investing in your life. There are other people who need to know that you're a believer in Jesus Christ. So who are you going to tell? And he's like, I, I don't know. Sure enough, on his way back to Minneapolis, he's on the phone. And he made a couple phone calls just to tell them, uh, I'm believing in Jesus now. And that's the way faith works. It's a gift of God to you. And so I ask you, who do you say Jesus is? And as you're believing that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, we are the church. And so we get to storm the gates of hell by telling people that they are forgiven by grace, through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, storming the gates of hell. Sounds pretty awesome. Maybe a little scary. Anybody scared? Yeah, they're like, I'm so scared I'm not raising my hand. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor. <laughs> it is a little scary. We get this. Jesus isn't calling you to know all of the answers. Jesus isn't calling you to have an answer to every single question that everybody asks you as you tell them about Jesus Christ. We just have an opportunity to share faith in Jesus Christ of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. Amen. And so for every person who you encounter that comes and says, I need help, for every single person who's crushed by their sin or by the circumstances of their lives and they're looking for help and they're looking for salvation, we get to proclaim, you are forgiven by grace through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. The hard news is also that for every person who we encounter who says, according to John 20, 23, that they don't, they don't really need Jesus. We don't need this whole forgiveness thing. Mm, I'm good. 
Unfortunately, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. But if you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Not, again, you're not the forgiver. He's the forgiver. The law has to have its work so that people are ready to receive forgiveness. And it starts with faith in who Jesus is. That he is the Christ, the son of the living God. That's who we believe he is. And that is the foundation of the church. That's what we get to proclaim. Forgiveness in his name. Are you believing in Jesus, the Christ, the son of the living God? Not getting a lot of react today. You guys are all scared. Maybe you're a little scared about what he's going to ask me to do next. I'm going to ask you to do the same thing that I asked my friend to do. Who are you going to tell? Who do we get to tell they are forgiven? No, I'm not telling you to stand on the street corner and tell everybody they're going straight to hell. Please don't do that. I am not telling you, to, you that you have to stand up here and preach some fire and brimstone message. Please don't do that, okay? I'm not telling you that you, you, know, that you need to go out there and really just start hammering on, on not yet believers and telling them that they're bad. I'm not telling you to do that. Christ isn't telling us to do that. The message that we get sent that, that shakes the gates of hell is a message of forgiveness by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Who do you get to tell that they are forgiven. Who in your life needs to desperately hear that the God of the universe, the, the living God, forgives them? Not because of what they've done or not done, but because of Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. Who do we, who do we get to tell? You are forgiven. Who needs to hear right now? Who of you needs to hear right now? You are forgiven. Not because of what you've done, but because of Jesus Christ. Maybe somebody here, maybe somebody on our online campus is believing right now for the first time, and they're hearing that question, and they're like, oh, that's me. If God is working some new faith in your life, and you find yourself just believing right now, please come talk to me. And let's, let's talk together about what it means to be the church to believe in who Jesus is and to receive, really receive forgiveness. Forgiveness that changes not just your life, but your whole eternity. We believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And I'm positive that you have people in your life who need to hear that they are forgiven by him. Amen? Let's pray.
Lord God, we come before you. You are awesome. You are high and lifted up. You are shining in all of the light of your glory. You are continually worshipped, and you are amazing. You, Lord Jesus, did not you know, hold on to that, cling to it, but you submitted yourselves. You, you submitted yourself, Lord Jesus, to, to take on human form and be born as a baby and, and be needy and live a perfect life and die a perfect death on our behalf. You are the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. You are the Savior. You are the Son of the living God, and we believe you. So, Lord God, as you are working faith in people's lives right now, as they hear this confession and they find themselves believing that you are the Son of the living God, that you love them and you forgive them, you are giving them faith right now, just like you gave that blessing to Peter the Rock. And you give us believers this opportunity to, to sh share this good news that people are forgiven by grace through faith in you. Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes to see the people in our lives, that you would open up our ears to hear what they're really saying, that you would give us strength and courage <laughs> to open our mouths and share with them Message, your message of forgiveness and grace. Lord, give us the courage. Put that person in our life that needs to, needs to hear that they're forgiven. Put that face in there. We can't wait to tell them. Lord, I pray that you would give us the courage. Some of us will make that phone call when we get to the car today. Some of us will make an appointment to talk to them later in the week. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's in your name we pray. The one who saves us. Lord Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen.